All right, Dog Pound. Bernie Kosar here for the Bernie Kosar Show with the awesome top dog, Hanford Dixon. Woo, woo, woo. Excited to be coming to you post a Thursday night special on Amazon Prime where our Cleveland Browns got the 2-1, and one, beating the rivaled Pittsburgh Steelers. I think you and I are happy today. We have a smile on our face just for the fact of those words you just said. Beat the Pittsburgh Steelers and Bernie atop of the division two and one. Special victory Friday here, top dog. <laughs> We've got our awesome producer, Gabrielle, Gabby Cruz, Dave, big play McAllister, and then a new addition from last week. Oh, God. Ken. Oh, hey, oh yeah. Have, have oh, you yeah. Ken, had, the angry Ken. Bernie. Have you looked over there at him today? I mean, what the hell is going on over there? He's got sunglasses on. He's got this uh, white, uh, whatever the hell that is. Well, and then right, he's got right. a necklace on. This, this is the victory chain. We wear the victory chain, and I'm an old guy. you got to stay up late. I don't like it. You don't fall asleep at 2 o'clock in the morning. Then you got to get up early for the show. That's why we got bloodshot hey, eyes. Hey, Gabby, I think he's hung over. What do you guys He think? didn't bring me any sunglasses either. I was at the game oh. yesterday too, Ken. <laughs> you can't be angry, Ken, on a victory Friday. Oh, yeah. We're going to get hey, into the Steelers. Go two and one. All right, guys, let's get into our opening drive. We do want to break this down. Get your initial impressions uh, with this, this comeback, you know, this bounce back. I know... You're still on angry over there, right? Oh, yeah. Angry we'll get here? into the angry. Yeah, meter. Ken's not recovered quite yet, but let's get into this. Here we go, Jacoby. Here we go. Roof, roof. Here we go, Jacoby. Here we go. You know what? You know, you guys just want to rub. Over there. <laughs> I mean, How about that opening drive there? <laughs> I mean, I was waiting on this one. I deserve it. I deserve it. I deserve it. You know, I'm starting to become a believer in Jacoby Birdie. You know, I know I was all over him, giving him a hard time, but I, he, I thought he played a pretty good ball game. Not only did he play a fantastic game, actually both quarterbacks played a fantastic game and threw the ball phenomenal last night. And we're not just saying that because of the W, but it was miserable to start the game out with the wind last night. And to have, have a windy conditions like that and have Jacoby come out there on a national TV audience after, the, after what happened on Sunday, to have another solid game to get better. It was, it was a special night for him. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the conditions on that field because I was down there. I, I got there probably about 4.30, and I was there 4.30 probably until uh, about 6 o'clock down on the field. And I was in the dog pound section. I did something with uh, Amazon down there. They had a few people down there. I went down, took a few pictures, um, signed some autographs. And, and, uh, but I'm telling you, that wind was absolutely blowing. And I know it was going to be difficult situations, not only just to uh, try to throw the football, but also with those uh, kickers trying to kick. Well, we saw the kickers have the issue <laughs> last night with that. You know, throwing the ball – from you mentioned 4:30 the afternoon yesterday, and that happens a lot at this time of the year. One, two, three, four o'clock. You get excessive winds like that. It was it got calmer as the night went on, but at eight o'clock last night, nine o'clock last night, the winds were still excessive. And you and you have to almost have two types of game plans. And I knew myself, I was kind of preparing myself, thinking, heck, if I'm the quarterback, what am I gonna have to do? And that's when you absolutely get fired up about the running game. But for, again, to talk about Jacoby, 
his ability to throw the ball last night, his accuracy, his carving the ball, throw, carving spirals through that win last night with excellent accuracy. That was very impressive. All right, so Bernie, that's a nice segue. Let's get into it. I know our fans, we're sitting on the edge of our seats. That that opening drive, it's a third down, and he drops back, and it looked like he hesitated. We don't have that play, but Bernie, tell us a little bit. Did he hesitate there? Did he miss that throw on that first third down? You know, the first third and like nine, it looked like a little cor- a little curl right route at about 14, 15 yards. It looked like he, he was a tad tardy going to that. It was his third read, though, versus zone coverage. And early in the game, um, you, he is a little late going to that. But also with the wind early in the game, as Hanford astutely pointed out just a couple seconds ago, the ball did float just a, just a little bit. But... That was probably one of the last throws that I think he was just a little late on. And from that point forward, his accuracy, his timing was impeccable. I think what you have to look at, too, uh, a lot of times on a play, you have to understand the defense uh, go through a whole week of preparation. And what I mean by that is they want to know everything of what uh, the opposing offense is trying to do. They want to know uh, you know, what formation you line up, if you go into motion, things that you're going to do. And it's like, I always say, it's like a computer when you're out on the field running through your mind. And um, I think one of the things, maybe some hesitation, someone maybe got into his, uh, like you said, it was his third read. But also when he wanted, really wanted to go to it, someone probably was in his throwing lane. And as a result, that's why maybe he hesitated. I mean, you know better than me. I'm just... Yeah, like early in the game, you want to be sure sure of your throws. You have so many coaches, so many times, so many people say, don't make mistakes early. You want to see some of your throws. You want to be very secure early. He was just a shade too secure, and I actually feel bad even really talking what? about that at this point because he was so exceptional so, last night. So, so, Bernie, you know, we're going to get into that, but let me ask you guys this, because for the third week in a row, we won the coin toss. And a lot of us say, hey, you got to defer. But we chose to take the ball. What do you guys do in that situation? Do you want the ball in those windy conditions to start out? Well, almost always on national games, on big games, where I'm the only guy playing, um, I want to set the tempo early. I want to go out there. I want to make a statement. I almost never want to go out there and do a basic conservative run the ball up the middle. That being said, I really like that in optimal conditions. Yesterday's game was not optimal conditions um, to take advantage of going down the field. I was actually surprised that we deferred um, we, or we altered our, our thinking from the first two weeks and wanted the ball first. But Coach Stefanski, the confidence, the offense, you know, he did a lot of no-back offense, empty formation last night, throwing the ball with in windy conditions. Coach Stefanski and Jacoby Brissett, by the way they performed last night, that showed they had that confidence and they wanted to get out there and they made plays early. And to comment on that question, I think uh, we think the same way defensively. I mean, obviously, we always want to start a ball game. We always want to go out there and set the tone of what we call the ball game. But we also understand if we win the, uh, if we have the choice and we win the toss, um, our offense want to get out there and they want to do their thing. 
But I tell you what, man, I yesterday was just um, – we, we got a win, so I'm still happy. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm, we got I'm, the W. But when we, have, still, when we yeah. have – I tell you, when you have bad weather, even here's yeah. me, an offensive guy. When you yeah. have bad weather, bad win, and you have a dominating defense playing a ineffective offense that has doubts and is not throwing the ball down the field, that is typically the case where I want to get my defense out there and take advantage of – the dominant defense and put the offense back behind behind the eight ball and play the field position game. Well, it, it all worked out, and then uh, Jacoby Brissett ends up getting it together, and his first TD pass goes to Amari Cooper, who had a great game. Let's take a look at this play. You guys walk us through what's going on. Yeah, check out this gorgeous uh, route and timing by Jacoby Brissett. Where he, again, I, I said earlier, I almost feel bad talking about that first third and nine play that he's just a smidgen, just a hair tardy throwing throwing the the curl up top but look at this here looking for you young quarterbacks up there Jacoby early in this um on the snap is looking straight down the middle of the field straight to the middle of the field to a shade right even though he knows he's going to be thrown to Amari Cooper on the left that keeps the help safety in the middle of the field keeps him in the middle of the field just a half a step to step longer giving Amari Cooper that chance to get inside of number 34 because 34 yeah. is expecting help yeah. inside. He's yeah. got – he wants to take away Amari Cooper to the outside. So by Jacoby keeping his head down the field straight ahead, knowing to the last second he's going to go to his left, excellent, excellent timing and, and an excellent spiral. Well, I, you hit on it, and I was going to tell you and agree with you why that was such a great play and a great throw by uh, Jacoby because – Brissette, because you're exactly right. I mean, if you watch the corner, the inside corner, he was playing in what we call an outside technique. And if he's in an outside technique down there, you're right. He, he is expecting uh, inside help from the help. safety. And, and, and the safety, if you watch him here, he got caught playing too deep in the end zone. You never, right. you yeah. never want to be, you never want to be that deep right there. And if you see Jacoby, he took what we call a three-step drop. And when you take a three-step drop, one thing you know that ball's got to come out. Yeah, come squatting right exactly. away. Come. It's got to come out right away. And and the safety, I don't know what he was doing, but the corner. Now that was one time the corner could have turned around and start pointing at that safety and be really pissed off at him because he was just totally out of the play. Yeah, you know we we talked about balls getting batted down in the first game with Baker Mayfield at the at the line of scrimmage. There's a in the NFL, like in college there is, but in the NFL for sure. Hanford hit it right on the point for young QBs, young cornerbacks out there. Three-step drops are almost always short, quick throws. Got to throw And people it. say, well, you could throw a fade, you could throw a takeoff no. off of that quick three-step drop. No, because young us quarterbacks, we almost take a quick five, a quick five on our takeoffs on, on the short run. So defensive backs, they actually know that. Defensive back coaches know that. So um, you want to squat. You want to squat. You want to settle. You can't make it that easy. But as a Browns fan today, I'm glad they made it that easy. And we know, we know on that three-step, the ball's got to come out because if the ball's not out, those defensive linemen or linebackers or whoever is going to be on that quarterback right away. Right away in there. All right, so I, I, I think Jacoby's winning. Hadford over. Here we go. All right, so the Browns go up 7-0, but the Steelers answer Najee Harris running in a five-yard TD at 7-7, but the Browns drive right back down the field. Jacoby leading him, and then it's a great TD pass to David Najoku. Let's take a look. 
You know, I love, I love this concept here. And again, almost very similar statements for you young quarterbacks out there. Similar type throw. Look at Jacoby. Keep the set. You got the weak safety right in the middle of the field on the right hash. Look at Jacoby's head. Actually go straight to the left. He's looking left. He knows he's throwing to David Njoku on the right. He looks straight to the left corner of the end zone, opposite of where he's going. That makes 39, the weak safety, in complete no man's land. He can't get over, he can't get over to the top of the field to his left to make that play. And look at how beautiful the coaching point is and the route by Chief David Njoku. He stems up the field. He knows he's going inside, but right there, you saw those couple steps outside, pressing the outside technique of this poor number 34 who's going to get diced again for the second time. Well, and what I want you to do, too, here on this is check out. Uh, I thought it was very, very uh, smart by Najoku because if you look at him, look at his alignment right there. His alignment is pretty much on the uh, inside of edge the, numbers. the numbers. And when you're on the inside of the edge of the numbers, the first thing in my mind as a defensive back Corner. is that my Bow out. Here comes the bow out. He's got to run a corner or a bow out or something to the outside. So that was very, very smart on his part. But like you guys said, Jacoby is starting to win me over because he threw this ball where no one could get that ball but Njoku, his his tight end. Here we go, Jacoby. And and, and, and Njoku, let's face it, he he gets out there, Bernie. I mean, he is like a wide receiver at tight end. Yeah, let me see that. Let me show show that to us again. Because the top dog's part. Jacoby's accuracy, his timing, impeccable. Coach Stefanski, uh, Alex Van Pell, Chad O'Shea with the receiver coaches out there. The astuteness, the attention to detail to be on the outside edge of the numbers or the inside edge of the numbers to show the Steelers, to show um, 34, the defensive back, that is probably looking like an outside breaking route. But to then stem it outside and then break it back in. But in the old days, I prided myself. That catch that uh, Jacoby threw to um, Chief there. I prided myself on never throwing the ball above the court, above the guy's nipples. Okay. Hey. Chest down because quarter safeties then were able to knock you out then. Now in today's game in college and pros and for your young uh, quarterbacks out there, throwing from the chest up. Because you're not allowed to hit the defenseless receivers, and you're able to now with security go up and make those plays. And see, see Jacoby throwing to a six-six David Njoku who has a forty-inch vertical jump. <laughs> That's almost impossible for Minka Fitzpatrick, the great All-Pro safety, to come over and make that play. Can't make it. Well, all right. So now it's the emotional roller coaster for the fans. Go. Hey, so even angry Ken can't. He has to break a smile on the Joku touchdowns. Is Come on, top. This God. is why I'm so angry on the angry meter. Look at that oh, meter Joey over there. Out the TD to the Joku, and then we missed the extra point. So deflating, guys. What's it like on the sideline when you miss that extra point? You know, because we hear the political answer. Oh, everybody. No, what is going through your mind when he misses that extra point? Well, Kate York is, when you look at this kid, I mean, I think he's still trying to figure it out. Uh, kicking in uh, right in Cleveland Stadium, uh, right there, First Energy Stadium, right there uh, on the lake. I mean, he's got to understand that the wind, this, I thought today was, uh, 
uh, yesterday was pretty much a day where uh, one of the better days down there because you know the weather is going to get cold and it's going to be really, really crazy. But I kind of felt bad for this kid because, you know, you started him off and he hit a 58-yarder to win the game, and then the last couple of weeks he's missed a couple. But I still think he's worthy of that fourth-round draft pick, We uh, the fourth round we drafted him because he's going to get better and he's going to understand and he's going to learn the stadium and he's going to learn the uh, uh, win, and I think he's going to be just fine. But still, he's got to make those because we, we there could have been a situation where we could have lost that game by one One point. of the reasons why I got these glasses on, guys, is because I was laying awake worried. <laughs> Even when the game's over, I'm still not sure it's over. And that extra point – Made us fans suffer because we go in halftime down 14-13. But talk about David Njoku. We got another play here. Let's talk about it. It was actually the Nick Chubb touchdown run. But David Njoku's not only doing it catching the ball, but he's blocking. Talk us through this, Bernie. Yeah, check. This is a a beautiful example. You know, before it's easy to talk about Chief David Njoku, the Browns offense, today after a phenomenal game like this. We were talking about this last week. We were talk- I was talking a lot about through the course of the last few days before this game. Look at Chief, the third man in from the bottom of the screen, number 85, blocking the outside linebacker, defensive end, head up, man on man. This is the, in the old days, the, this was 26 power row for the Cleveland Browns in 1985 and 1986. And that's the exact same play that we're running in the year 2022 with and that was Ozzie Newsome having to block monsters back then. <laughs> it actually probably shortened Ozzie yeah, Newsome's yeah, career, yeah, believe it or not, because yeah. that is not what tight ends want to do, is be able to stand up a defensive end, stone them like that so your guard could pull around the edge and then open up a mammoth hole like that. And that was after Chief made that catch on third and nine to get us, to that, to get us down into that spot for Jacoby to get the um, – Fourth and the fourth and one quarterback sneak, and then open up this hole to let us get this touchdown. Now that's uh, dual threat tight ends right now that you're able to block like that, dominating a running game, that physical presence, and then make nine catches on ten targets. Let me say this though: even watching that play, and and, and it was an outstanding design play. When you look at it, uh, the play should have been dead at the uh, line of scrimmage, even though the great blocking they had. Because when you look at it, you go back to the particular play. I want you to watch uh, number 25, the safety. Okay, after all the blocks and all that, watch number 25 come up in the hole right here, and he should make this tackle right now. Now he should make that, and he just closed his eyes, and as a result, uh, Nick Chubb is still running down the field. You, get, you still have to give Chubb a lot of credit, though, because yeah, I tell you is, what. This is what's phenomenal yeah. in today's yeah. game with our Cleveland Browns. We know we could run the ball. They don't – we don't – in the old days, we have to – we did a lot of practice, a lot of inside drill, a lot of banging heads, actually too much banging heads to where guys were attuned to practicing like that. The defensive backs and safeties now, to make tackles like that, they're, they're not doing as much of that. It's still week three of the Heart, season. Hey, what is shot time so, used to say? So, guys, so, guys. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know what he used to say. So, let's, let, let's, let's ask you this. So, Stefanski's calling a good play. It looked like we're, we're dominating. And then we get into the second half and we're lining up with no back offense after we're just dominating, breaking their will. Hanford as a defender, that's telling you something, right? And you you don't you want to see the no back offense, right? Well, when you do your game plan on the Cleveland Browns, one thing you know, the Cleveland Browns can run the football. 
they can run the football and they can run it at will pretty much. And it's going to take all 11 guys to come up and everybody's got to make a tackle. You can't be closing your eyes. You have to wrap up your arms and make the tackle. And uh, as a defensive back, when I come up and I see, like, say, for instance, we got a third and two, third and three, and there were several occasions when we had the, uh, I think, the empty backfield, uh, no one in the backfield uh, on those occasions, and uh, we were we were going to throw the football. I think that's crazy because when you got a back like Nick Chubb, you got a back like Kareem Hunt, those guys can get you one, two, three yards pretty much. You got a high percentage, Bernie, pretty much uh, all the time. They're going to, they're going to get you the ball, get you the first down. I'm not, I'm not just being agreeable with you to be nice and stuff that hey, it worked out phenomenal last night. It caught the Steelers off guard by doing the no back empty backfield. So, they didn't have a chance to game plan for it. They didn't anticipate for for it. So, and they were playing zone against it. So, our scheme last night to do the kind of spread them out horizon- horizontally in that no back to get that kind of three to seven yard pass. And that worked last night. Um, but to to our points here, we have a massively successful physical running game. Um, to, not that you have to run the ball all the time on third and two, third and three, but the threat of the run, having the back in the backfield on third, two, third and three, third and three and a half, absolutely gives you that that, that but, ability to make better Bert, plays. You saw that. that on that play action. I think it was at the fourth down when then he fakes to hunt and throws to Amari Cooper. Gutsy call. Gutsy <laughs> yes. call. But, but it uh, worked. The third, I love the third and one, fourth and one play action down the field thrown, especially when you're able to, when you feel so good and comfortable about it. But there is also, and I don't want to be hypocritical here because I loved last, and you're starting to see a lot of, um, a fair amount of six offensive linemen in there. Michael Dunn's coming in. You saw the big offensive linemen in as the fullback. The big beef. The big beef packages. (laughs) And that's, and then, and I want to get this point out on third and ones, fourth and ones, um, just, yeah, sometimes taking a shot. I was a big proponent of that. But I always have in the in the recesses of my mind the great Marty Schottenheimer, our our coach, and he used to say, and I so believe in this too. There, there's a core foundation, a core belief that you have to believe that um, if you need a yard, it's third and one, fourth and one, and you're a championship team, you could always get a yard. If you're a championship team and you could run for a yard, and if you're a championship defense. You could stop them for that yard. And we don't care if you know we're we going come. to run the ball. Matter of fact, we'll tell we you we want are you to know running we're going to run it. Yeah, you know, we like yeah. it too. And on top of that, you got a big quarterback. I, I can't tell you as fans how frustrating it is to see the quarterback on that quarterback sneak, but he, it's like he's got his eyes closed and runs right in the line. Jacoby Brissett, no. In fact, that one play, he looked he, – Went about two uh, men over on the tackle to get that three yards. Love it. Jacoby, great game. But going over to the defense side, we got to talk about a couple things. Martin Emerson, let's take a look at this play, Hanford, because there's still breakdowns on defense. Yeah. uh, Wait, before we get to Emerson, we got to talk about this tackle, man. Oh, the tackling on Najee Harris. Yeah, yeah. My bad, my bad. This is this is Hanford talking about tackling. 
Well, one thing about Najee Harris, I mean, guys, he's a, he's a great back. I mean, out of the University of Alabama, we all know that he can run the football. But I tell you, Johnson needs to be ashamed of himself on this one. I mean, he need, literally needs to be ashamed of himself. Watch him right here come up on Najee. He didn't even – look, you just laid your body. You can't tackle a back like that of uh, uh, like Najee. You got to hit him. You got to bring your arms. You got to hit him, especially when you're down by the goal line because if not, he's going to do exactly what he did to him. He took him right in the end zone. You definitely – look how high he hit him. Boom! Hanford, right, be say, honest. What, how, are, how are you making that tackle? If you see Najee Harris coming at you, what are you doing? You can't think about it. You ch- don't you think, think you're trying it. to chop them. You can't think about it. If you think them. about it, you're going to go the other way. You're not going to uh-huh. go get him. You just got to go get him, uh-huh. and, and you and you got to hit him. I mean, you just got to – and what you have to do is you have to explode your body into him going forward, not take the blow. As If you look at Johnson, he took the blow. Najee gave him the blow. You have to deliver the blow. If you're going to stop him down there, you have to deliver the blow. I'm going to let Hanford accept that answer as the old quarterback. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm sticking up for you, Josh Johnson. I'm with your brother. I'm you. All right, now let's go to the Martin Emerson. In the flat again, Hanford. Tell us what's going on here. Oh, man. That was that was funny. Come on, big play. Team me up here, big play. If you watch Emerson right here, you always taught, and I told you guys, in a zone coverage, when you have deep third, you you have to cover uh, you have to cover the deepest route and then break up on the uh, anything underneath. So you're gonna watch him. He got first of all, he got caught up in the motion. Look at the tight end sneak out behind him. Now he realized that the tight end there's a possibility the tight end is gonna be back in the corner. Then he realized the quarterback has threw the ball in the flats and he's got to break up and make that play. So First of all, you can't lose your vision. You have to keep your vision and know where everyone is on the field. But he's a young kid. He's going to learn, and he's going to get better from those things. He's going to go back. He's going to watch the film. And I like him, man. I mean, he's a kid. He's out there. He's fighting, and he will fight. And I think he's going to be okay. Yeah, and actually, all things considered with what's happening with the eye candy from the Steelers here, he's actually not doing too bad no. a job. I know he, no. he ended up looking funny on TV. And yeah. It looks like he's disheveled here, but... Um, well, he can't close his eyes, you know, because that's what he did, too. He closed his eyes on the play, and as a result, he went right over his head. Hey, but for a misdirection play like that, to see that many orange jerseys yeah. backing around there for a rookie that's going to try to chop yeah. out ankles right there, he'll be getting a well, little flack. You know what? That. I would have been the first one on the sideline to grab him and say, hey, man, don't worry about it. It's okay. It's well, okay. That's why, Hanford, we it's need okay. you out there coaching. Okay. We talked about this past. We need be you guys right. working with these guys, working with these guys. All right, so we saw some breakdowns still in the defense. People are asking, and we're getting a lot of tweets, why is the angry meter still on angry here? Well, first of all, as a Browns fan, I haven't got over the Jets' loss. And I know you're talking about Marty Schott and I were putting in the mirror. No, fans, we can't put that in the mirror. I'm laying awake last night thinking about that. But also, come on, special teams. How many times did we get penalized for too many men on the field? How does that happen? Two or three times? And then... The onside kick. I'll tell you what. When they lined up for that onside kick at the end of the game, it looked like the Steelers had 20 guys, and we had four guys. And, of course, every Browns fan's got their heart in their throat. Balls come down. Now, we're thinking they must have practiced this 100 times. What does Donovan Peoples-Jones do? He dives right over the ball. And we're like, oh, no. Oh, no. The best play Schwartz has had all year is he knocks the ball out of bounds. 
But it's, that was a good play. Well, that's what, that's that was a good play. play. Hey, but see, I, I guarantee you, he watched what Cooper did, and he said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be that and person. I'm not going to get hit. I'm just going to knock it out of bounds. Yeah. Because you have to understand, if we knock it out of bounds, it's still our ball. It's right. We still ball. get the ball. Now, yeah. it, it didn't matter because Pickens was offsides, and that's going to take us into the, the final play that we got. But before we show it, before we show it, Bernie, I think you were on the record. You wanted George Pickens, right? Well, George Pickens, uh, second-round pick for the Steelers out of Georgia, was actually one of the guys um, all offseason that we were analyzing here with the Browns that was kind of rumored to be to be one of the Browns' draft picks. I absolutely loved his athleticism coming out, and I actually thought that was one of our guys gonna, we were going to pick. And absolutely, it's nice to be sitting here on a victory Friday with yeah. a W yeah. after seeing that special catch yeah. he made because, unfortunately, uh. that young man's going to be around us for quite a few years. And that right. athleticism, he, he looks, unfortunately, well, that's looks special. Why. That's why we really talked a lot of heart in the production meeting. Do we want to even show a Steelers clip? But it was so good that we thought, yeah, let's show it. I think we could show it. Let's uh, show it. Let's show it. Hey. But we're going to do it our oh. way. He caught the L. Oh. He caught the L. Oh. Look, at, look at his head. Look at his head where he's watching <laughs> that ball. Look man. at how gorgeous that focus the ball is. all the way. Oh. Hey, for us Browns fans, it's, we've had a rough century with our Steelers. <laughs> a rough century. Okay? To have that clip, okay, to have that play happen to where they made a beautiful play like that and still lost the game. Oh, yeah. God bless there them. Times go, are changing. You know, Mark. they say you can't catch what you can't see, and you can't can see his head and his eyes right there on the ball, right there on the ball. All right, awesome job, guys, breaking down, breaking down that Steelers game. And now let's take it over to Gabby. All right, we're going to get a little betting focused here. We're going to do the big plays of the week. And I know, Ken, this is also your wheelhouse. Betting focus? Um <laughs> Uh, how about a little kudos yeah, for, yeah, the, yeah. for picking the uh, picking out those winners last night? Hey, rub it in, rub uh, it uh, in. Uh, I gave a little, gave a little on, secret recipe on my own. Before we give you the kudos, I don't want the kudos. I oh, want no, the no, because we got something. We got something a little special, and we're going to get to the betting here in a minute. But you know, it's an away game, and we got to travel to Atlanta. And uh, you know, we thought, well, what was it like when you old? Guys like me were uh, going on the road, especially when you got to live up to being the Sports Illustrated Play boy, player, 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 player. Hey, Bernie, yeah. what do you call? What are we calling that hairstyle? Player, you player. call that puberty? Hey, that's player, player. That's who he is. He's player, that player. Was pre Gabby, that was pre daughters. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, all you needed was Ken's sunglasses, oh, and this was shut that smile will get him every time. You I know, know, I wish you know? I tell you, I wish I really had some good stories, but I'm. Um, I was so into winning, and I'm not just saying this to look good on the show or yeah. look good now as an yeah. old man, but yeah. boy, when you go on the road, you know, we leave, we leave for, we're gone for probably less than 24 hours. Um, if a game's a Sunday at one o'clock, you're probably leaving Saturday at two o'clock. Um, 
to fly to the other city, you're going with the. It's almost like a, a military brigade. You're going in with your, your guys, your combat unit. You go in for a day. Um, it's all business. And, and all about football. All about football. That's all right, so you guys are on the road. I'm sure Playboy Bernie's got his own suite. How about you, Hanford? You got a suite on the road? In for the for, road? for no, some no, reason, no. I didn't believe Hanford yeah, in that. I shared it with, uh, uh, at some point, I was rooming with uh, Ozzy, and uh, at some point, I was running uh, rooming with uh, Minifield. But you know how defensive backs, man. We ain't like those quarterbacks, you know. You just show show the picture again. Show play, that picture. Show player, show player. You know, player, player, get his own suite. You know what I you mean? Know what you know what's sad is I, I want to have some really good stories here. I, I don't even know if I want to say this about God. I, I would look forward to the road because yeah. in games and stuff, because Marty Schottheimer, he didn't have a sting at the hotel a lot yeah. the night before a game. So on the road, I'd actually travel with Gary Danielson, <laughs> and I would look forward to actually rooming with him because yeah. we literally we were so boring. We'd go over plays all night, all night. Well, you know what? So you guys traveled on the road, but it was no picnic when people had to come into Cleveland Municipal Stadium, oh. and our Cracker Jack production team went and got some pictures of the old locker room uh. only for you guys to tell us, no, that looks beautiful. <laughs> it was way worse than that. <laughs> I tell you what. I think that was the visitors, that, right? Ours. That was that the visitors? That, that, isn't even, that isn't even our stadium. Hey. I got to tell you. Like, that was so nice. I used I mean, to, that's twice as big as that's twice I, as big as the home locker. I used room. to feel sorry for the opposing team though. Those guys come in here and they didn't even have <laughs> Look hot at that. that's water. You know, on a cold wood. day they have to take a shower and they have to take a cold shower. I said, "Better you than me, big dog. Better you than me." But yeah, we compared to what those guys have today is unbelievable. Yeah, I think Jerry Glanville used to say he'd come in there and he'd have to take his coat and put it up on yeah. the uh, on a nail and yeah. then watch for the rats that'd be running around in that locker room. But one thing about it, you was there to play ball. What what was the worst locker room you guys ever been to? Browns Municipal <laughs> Stadium. Our own home locker room. The visiting one was the worst, and the second worst in the whole league was our home one. <laughs> Why do you think Mr. Modell was constantly saying he needed a new stadium, okay? He, he wasn't lying. He, he wasn't, wasn't lying making it at all. Was the truth. I mean, and we got a new stadium, and seriously, I mean, we said it as a joke at the beginning of the, of, of the show today. That weather was horrible oh. yesterday. The wind wasn't architected right the, uh, off the lake the way it comes in. It's tragically challenging <laughs> to play there. And we joke about Jerry Glanville and the no hot water and stuff um, or the wind the way it was then or is now. But really, if you're able to check your ego at the door and you don't need the amenities and you don't overly care about your stats and ultimately all that matters to you is getting a W, getting a w. that somehow, some way, those really gross, yeah. sick conditions absolutely are optimal for us because that's who we are. We love that type of environment. We're used to it. And for guys that are coming in that are a little bit used to being coddled or having special treatments and stuff, it's a harsh reality. Yeah. I tell you what, it's I just uh, I, I didn't care. I just wanted to play ball because I remember that old tunnel or dugout or whatever you wanted to call it. We were coming out of. It was just. Oh yeah, it, it was a scare. It we, was like you were coming out of a bomb. Uh, a bomb tunnel. Yeah, a bunker, and bunker then you come out. We're coming out of the old baseball, <laughs> the baseball yeah. dugout. That first orange yeah, helmet yeah, hits. Yeah. And you can hear the place literally yeah. it shakes, yeah. man. Well, you should see what it was like. I, we talked about this last week, sitting in those stands and uh, everything that went on there. But, guys, you know, sports betting's coming to Ohio in January. We're talking about it. But uh, when you're out there and you're playing and we're talking about lines and spreads, as players, do you know what the point spread is? No. 
No, absolutely not. You don't even – it never even comes to your mind. I mean, you just – you out there, you want to play, you want to win, and you, you don't care if you win by 40, if you win by one. All you care about is the W. You know, you want the W. Um, I, I came from uh, some old school coaches, though, yeah. that absolutely paid attention to the numbers and stuff. I had, a, I had an early game in college where, uh, you know, I thought we won by uh, 27 or 22 points. And the coach said we lost by a point and a half. So, <laughs> so I've, I've been a little bit of a tune yeah, yeah, sometimes yeah. that I've wanted to pay attention to it. And, and that's, that's what we're going to start getting into in this segment. Again, a lot of people out there want to have fun with sports betting. We only suggest you do it with your pizza money. But as we move into uh, Ohio and these different betting operators that are coming into the area, these are some of the, uh, the organizations that you're going to see start running commercials. Now, right now in Ohio, they're telling you sign up. And what we're saying is hold off, hold off. Right now, sports betting is legal in 23 states, but you're going to see more and more features and benefits that they're going to offer you when you download those apps later. And we're going to get into a lot more of this as we get later on in the show. So keep your eye on those types of uh, sports betting operators. But on last week's show, we actually did make a few calls. And uh, I'm happy to say, Bernie. Thank you. Thank you. Angry Ken, does that at least bring a smile to your face? Well, that, bring take, you down to at least like grumpy Ken? Well, yeah, I'll take my sunglasses off for that one. Oh, okay. uh, betting is the real deal here. <laughs> but yeah, Bernie, you had the over and you hit on it. And you also had the Browns and you won on that. Angry Ken is a little happy because I had both those right. Hanford. Am I bringing up the rear? Am I bringing up the rear? Okay, just go ahead and rub it in, okay? Well, we're going to give you a chance to redeem yourself. Every week, folks, we've got our Cracker Jack analytics crew, and we got a couple people behind the curtain, no names please, that are going to come up with their one-star, three-star, and five-star pick. So let's throw up the one-star pick for this weekend. Baker Mayfield, is he going to throw for under 210 yards? Our one-star play is... Yes, he's all, he's going to throw for under 210 yards. Bernie Hanford, what do you guys think? Well, you tell all those people behind the scene they have lost their mind, okay? They have lost their mind. I'm going to say that he's going to throw over 210 yards cuz I would have to be to play quarterback to throw under 210 yards. Uh-huh. So, I'm going to say over. The Saints, the Saints defense is special. They get after you especially on AstroTurf. They're not at home, they're not on AstroTurf. Um, and they're not playing Tom Brady this week. 210 yards, that, that's something now in today's game. If you're losing, um, you have a, sometimes a chance to pad the stats. So I'm still trying to help bake out. So I'm going to be positive vibes for you, babe. You're going <laughs> over. All right, we got it down on the record. All right, let's go to our three-star. Three-star is one we're feeling confident with. You might want to put a little bit extra pizza money on this one. This is Justin Tucker, that great kicker for the Ravens, going against the uh, Patriots D. We don't think they're going to get in the end zone. Maybe they're going to hold that potent Ravens offense down. So here we've got Justin Tucker with more than one field goal. Well, i got to jump on this one first. (laughs) And I'm not saying this because of my uh, Bill Belichick um, history or not. And I absolutely, as a Browns fan in AFC North, want to see the uh, Patriots win and the Ravens lose. But 
I really like Lamar Thomas in a way the Baltimore Ravens run the ball. Uh, the Patriots, I, I, they have a really good defense. They have a really good pass defense. The way to go against a Bill Belichick defense is to run right at them physical. That's what the Cleveland Browns do. Unfortunately, that's what the Baltimore Ravens do. So I actually like, like we had said last week, I like these overs. Um, I actually think they're going to score some points in these games, and I like the Ravens. So I'm gonna, I think they could be scoring. I'm going to go with the over on that. I like that bet. So you let everyone know behind the scenes that I like that one. I think uh, I think they're spot on on that one. All right. Well, uh, given your record last week, I'm sure they really are concerned. <laughs> but we got plenty of time, Hanford. We got plenty of time. All right. Now, this is the five-star. Five-star lock of the week. Last year, the five-star came in over 92% of the time right. Tua. He had a great game last week, six TDs, but he threw two interceptions, and he's going against that vaunted defense of the, uh, the Bills. mighty Bills. So what do you guys think? I, I, I You know, I, I think he's going to throw at least one pick. There you go. That's the five-star. I think he's going to have at least one pick, Bernie. I don't, I don't root for any QBs, especially <laughs> Miami QBs, since I played down there, and I like that staff. But I, I think – I think that that's a, that's a good bet to, that he's going to throw one, too. All right, so keep in mind, keep your eyes open for this. We're going to keep track. This is going to be a big part of our show moving forward. Well, you know what? I, I, I'll go back, and, and, and I'll start this off talking about uh, the game. I, I have to give a lot of praise uh, to, uh, you know, early in the show, when we did our first shows, and uh, Cooper and Njoku didn't perform too well. Uh, I think uh, those guys, one game, they had four receptions for 23 yards. Uh, let's start with Damari Cooper. Uh, I've been watching him a lot, Bernie, and I tell you, he's just been a great route runner. The last couple of weeks, he's gone over uh, uh, 100 yards uh, receiving. Uh, David Njoku, uh, uh, who's really come alive. I mean, not only has he uh, – he's always been a good blocker, but now he's starting to catch the uh, football a little bit. I think he had uh, – uh, something like uh, nine receptions for 89 yards this last game. And uh, Nick Chubb, I mean, what can you say about this kid? I think he's, uh, as a team, we're pretty much leading the uh, NFL uh, in rushing, and we got pretty much got the best offensive line going. Defensively, I think we have some things we have to clean up. I think we have a lot of things we have to clean up, especially um, – uh, in that secondary, and uh, when you look at it, this last game, I don't, uh, I don't know if, if whether we got us. I think we got one sack. I don't think we went uh, past one sack, but I think we should be putting a lot more pressure on the quarterback. But still, I think this team have should have been uh, three and zero. Oh. Uh, they're two and one, but the most important thing was still atop the AFC North. You know, for the two-minute warning, to be 2-1 and one right now, and just like you perfectly said, to be atop the AFC North, no matter what happens this upcoming weekend, we're going to be into next week, into week four, as the AFC North leader, and getting right after that Jets game and that horrible feeling in our mouth. Now to have basically 10 days off before we go to Atlanta, another really winnable game against a team, Arthur, uh, Arthur Smith, who... Really has a running game and a pass, uh, a running game and a philosophical offensive philosophy very similar to what the Browns are doing here. Um, I concur with you that our defense probably wants to play a little more dominant than they've been, but it's still relatively early in the year. And to have Jacoby Brissett and our offense playing at this physical 
dominant level right now, kind of carrying the ship till the defense kind of writes its way. Um, absolutely better to be feeling two and one today on Friday than we were Monday morning just four days ago. Anyone in particular that we need to see step up? Cooper was huge. Najoku really stepped up. How about anybody in particular we need to zone in on? I, uh, I you know, I, uh, I, I think we've had a couple of injuries. Uh, I think uh, Anthony Walker uh, went out, uh, you know, yeah, well, it's read my mind. I yeah. was just going to say, I, yeah. in the, the way with, yeah. with Anthony Walker getting hurt last night, with JOK yeah. getting hurt, yeah. boy, for Phillips to come in, you know, we've, there's yeah. been so much to talk about. Yeah. Number 50, Phillips to come it, in last it, night. He's played, it, he's been on a team for a couple of years. To step in, make plays last night, could absolutely see some guys like that coming up making plays for guys that are getting hurt. This is going to start happening more now as the season starts getting into week four, five, six. You're going to start needing your depth, needing the younger guys. We still are the the youngest team in the NFL, but we and, do have and, some depth. And that's where I was headed with your question, Phillips, who's going to replace um, uh, Walker. Uh, I mean, they had high hopes for him anyway because he, he was pretty much having an excellent, excellent training camp. So... Uh, yeah, had a sack well, well, last night. Yeah, He's yeah, cover, yeah, man. He could yeah, cover. Like yeah. he covered ground. I mean, yeah. that's there's good depth on. BK, there. good show, baby. Loving it, loving it, top dog. You matter. Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Roof, roof. Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Roof, roof. You matter. <laughs> Today we are featuring some of Bernie's breakdowns. We did talk about it on the pa- on the podcast. David Njoku, the chief, and his touchdown. We you know we hear a lot of praise for him and his blocking, but now we see him in the pass game in a meaningful way. Let's see the details on this. Love it. The defense should be to the left. Should be to the bottom of the screen. They're thinking run left and throw left down here to the bottom here. Well, that's a perfect scheme for, as we talked about during the podcast today, how Jacoby Brissett, look how he's looking left, looking left the whole time, completely keeping the weak safety in the middle of the field. How beautiful is that? So this weak safety right here, staying in the middle of the field, so so thinking it's going to go left. That allows David Njoku down here on the right, split out the tight end, split out as a as a wide receiver and stuff uh, in a short alignment. So when you get those tight alignments inside edge of the number, inside edge of the number, the cornerback number 34 outside outside technique, outside half of the body as an is anticipating a corner route, a fade route, something to the outside. Really well schemed play by our coaching staff to have them on the inside edge of the numbers in this personnel group. Now with Jacoby Brissett, keeping the weak safety on the hash, keeping his head placement straight to the left. David Ajoku, straight release. Now look at about the three-yard line, how he's looking to start breaking to the outside. That one or two subtle steps to the outside. That that tells the cornerback 34 he's going to stay outside. Now Jacoby times it up, whips his head to the right. He's kept the safety in the middle of the field. This leaves a perfectly clean blocking or throwing angle here 
And unlike in the old days where we prided ourselves on never throwing the ball to where our receivers, our tight ends, had to jump up on up in the air to extend their rib cage like that, to extend their head. In today's NFL, where you're not allowed to kill a defenseless receiver, you're not allowed to decapitate him, that now you, um, in the 80s when I was playing, you wanted to never throw the ball from the nipples up. Okay? You wanted to keep it from the chest down and, and protect your receivers. Now in today's game, where you're not allowed to hit the guys, God, it's awesome to be able to throw the ball from the chest up, just like Jacoby Brissett in a windy stadium last night makes that impeccably perfect throw to the back part of the end zone, up throwing it. David Njoku is almost 6'6". He verticals almost 40 inches to throw the ball at the base of the crossbar, which is almost 11 feet high to throw. Nobody's going to get that ball. And for that, for Jacoby to make a pass like that and, and to, for the route to be run like that and for David Njoku to be showing an, what a great all-around back or tight end he's becoming with dominating in the running game and then being able to make plays like that in a red zone. Good stuff for our Cleveland Browns. All right, Bernie, breaking down our X's and O's. I love it. Love it. Keeping up with those X's and O's. You matter. That'll be keep bringing more W's to our Browns.